0: friends. Welcome to another episode of Soberland. Uh, My name is Lindsay, and today my guest is one of my good friends, Matt Farmer. Hey, Matt. Hi, Lindsay. Hey, how's it going?
1: (laughs) It's going good. Long time no speak.
0: I know. I know. Thank you so much for for doing this. I'm really excited to uh, talk with you and catch up. I think it might be helpful if if we just give them some little backstory on how we know each other. You might have to help me out because <laughs> I, I think I'm pretty sure we met in Orlando when I was going to college there at UCF. Does that sound right to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, given the nature of the podcast, some things are a little blurry. Um, I think I met you through your good friend Tara. Um, mm, yeah, I had ran in, Yeah, I had ran into you guys at Barbecue Bar. I previously knew her from back in like Tampa days. Um, and you were with like her and uh, your good friend Gabby as well. And like we just kind of all met and started hanging out as a group. But it was definitely in Orlando at Barbecue Bar, if my memory yeah. serves me correct.
0: <laughs> yeah, that whole period of my life is a little fuzzy. That's why I was like, you might have to mm-hmm. remind me. But I right, I remember yeah. that there, there was like a summer where there was like a group of us. Uh, Gabby was there. She's been on the podcast several times. And you yeah, mentioned Tara and a few other people. And yeah, we would basically – go out and party, spent a lot of time at barbecue bar, which I think Mm -hmm. I've mentioned on this podcast before. It was a big part of my life for a while.
1: There was like something else in the back. There was like a couple different bars in there. I always felt lost.
0: Yeah, that's right. There was, it was like three bars connected. And then Mm -hmm. there was even like a little secret room, which we would call the Harry Potter room. It had like a a secret door to get into. And that's where like everyone would make out with each other. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep. Although all the fun stuff would go down back there. I do remember that now. Yeah, I didn't even live in Orlando at the time, and I felt like I was there every weekend. I would drive back and forth and just crash with friends and just hang out in downtown, go to parties like house shows or whatever was going on at the time.
0: Yeah, okay. So I that's right. I didn't think that you lived in Orlando. I thought you mm-hmm. lived in Tampa because then – Later on after college, I, I ended up moving to Tampa. I remember seeing you around town, like usually at bars or we would meet up and hang out. Yeah, which- I
1: think it was like, like a couple of years later, we like reconnected um, and then we would just kept running into each other. And we realized we had a lot of mutual friends here in Tampa as well. Um, and then we just started like like hanging out. And, you know, I think you were like involved in like the beer scene a little bit. And I was just more running around, you know, acting a fool. In yeah. or wherever.
0: Right. Like our history takes place a lot in a lot of bars, I'd say. For sure. Yeah. For <laughs> um, sure. And drinking was definitely, yeah, the activity that we would do together if we were hanging out. So it's it's interesting now that we're here and we're both sober. I know you, you mentioned that you uh just celebrated two years, is that right?
1: Yeah. Well, coming up on two years. So I would say today's the 23rd. Yeah. August 19th is my official date that I set. Um, So oh, nice. two years this August. Yeah. It feels like it just, it just went by. It's That's interesting awesome. because, you know, I've never really planned on like, you know, celebrating those moments of uh, like, I guess you would say victory of being sober. Um, I kind of never wanted to like talk about it. So it's interesting I'm here with you today because it didn't ever seem like something that I felt was a need to tell others. It just felt very personal to me. Um, And when I got sober, you know, for the first time, it just, I don't know, it felt like um, not that it wasn't benefiting anyone to tell the story. It just felt like um, I didn't want to be like the sober guy, you know, like that part of my identity. I didn't want people to see that part of me um or mm-hmm. realize that i had a problem.
0: That totally makes sense and i was going to say like i had no idea that you were sober until just like recently you um, like sent me an instagram message saying like telling me that. And i was like that's awesome and i kind of assumed that it just happened cuz you had just told me but then you a little bit later you told me that you were like coming up on 2 years and i was like whoa like i had no idea because you were pretty like private about it which I think is like, that's awesome. Everyone, you know, everyone gets to make that decision. I obviously went maybe a little too public, like, let me just make a podcast.
1: (laughs) No, I'm glad you did. I was thinking about the podcast, because I used to listen to it when I was drinking. And I was like, man, like, that's so cool. Like, I would listen to people talk about it. And I would think to myself, like, "Eh, one day, maybe, you know, and then sometimes I would even think like, Uh, they're missing out still like they have no idea you know like I can handle it and it's really great because I don't know it helped me a lot even though I didn't know it at the time so it's a good thing I was kind of excited to like if if you were to do the podcast again I was excited to be on it so (laughs) I'm, I'm happy to be here telling telling that side of things I think it's important for people to hear different perspectives on others lives and journeys through being sober yeah
0: yeah, I think that's the cool thing about it is everyone can kind of find their own way, you know, whether that be like through AA or through a friend or through a therapist or if they want to be public or private, like there's no like right way to, to do this, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just whatever really fits for you. So um, I love having different like journeys and perspectives on it. Um, so that's that's really awesome. So I feel like we've we've kind of jumped ahead um because I, I definitely want to hear about like what happened, and um, like I said, I, I know that you know you liked to drink a lot because we used to drink a lot together. What what happened? Was there a moment? What's the story?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think you know with, with a lot of people who struggle with addictions, uh, specifically in this case, alcohol um, and other substances. You know, periodically, but alcohol being the main driving force through a lot of you know decisions that I made in, in my life. Um, you know, I think it's a lot of little things. Uh, you tend to not really realize that there may be an issue as you're going through it, especially because so many of us started off as like, you know, young kids. You know, some of us even in high school, I never drank in high school, but it was like pretty much right after I kind of fell into that lifestyle through going to shows and, you know, being rock and roll, as we called it. Um, mm-hmm. And you kind of you know get lost in that little journey um and it's in our society starting off young and you know being in college is like that's what you do you drink so you kind of um fall into groups of people that you may not necessarily ever would have without drinking um, and then over time just all these little things that uh occur um whether it be like one drunken night where you you know maybe said something stupid or you got in a fight or there's just a lot of financial things that were a burden when drinking. I know it costs money to drink. There's so a health, lot of money. A <laughs> lot of money. Yes. In fact, like I have like a a sober app and I downloaded it like a couple of weeks after I uh, stopped drinking just to kind of keep track. And you can kind of put what amount of money that you saved. Um, uh-huh. just on that topic alone, I think if I look at it right now, I just put in what I thought I would spend on a daily basis basically. And in the two years, it's, let's see, it says $21,120. So wow. I mean, just that alone is just kind of staggering to think about um, how much yeah. money spent on just drinking. That's um, like a
0: nice new car. I know, much.
1: right? It's like a down payment on a house.
0: Yeah. And that just probably like counts the actual money spent on booze. Like, you know, yeah, I spent obviously a good chunk on alcohol alone, but then there were like, okay, I lost my phone and I have to go buy a new phone for a couple hundred dollars Mm -hmm. or all these like Uber rides are adding up or... I, you know, I, I don't know, I lost something, or I broke my arm, and I have to go pay these insane medical bills. So it was oh, like,
1: so many times, yeah, or you just yeah. like you, you parked in a spot, you knew you shouldn't have, but you didn't care. And you're like, whatever. And then your car gets towed. And yeah. you know, that's happened to me so many times, or like parking tickets have built up over time. Just those little things that you mentioned right there that you just don't care about when you're, you know, drinking. So right. like, it's just it's just a lot of little things um, you kind of find yourself um, in crowds of people that definitely don't benefit you in any way and you tend to start trying to please people for me a lot of things uh, I didn't realize were like um, I didn't really understand about myself because um, I never really dealt with it um, either either didn't recognize it or you know uh, you know I didn't go to therapy as a teenager or child so I like had a lot of You know undiagnosed things such as like uh, adhd which uh is you know leads to a lot of social anxieties for me and i never realized how badly i had social anxiety so i think subconsciously drinking was my way in to talking to people that i never normally would have talked to or like you know been at groups or you know you didn't want to feel left out so you go to parties or in order for me to play a show live i would be so nervous on stage like well why not we just drink you know tequila shots and you know why not we just drink like 15 and it just like all those little things um lead to bigger problems for me drinking totally
0: and- i'm just relating to what you're saying so much mm-hmm. like that's why i love doing this um this podcast i'm right there with you with I also like didn't go to therapy as a kid child or talk about my feelings. And I was drinking for a lot of underlying reasons and issues. And one of them for me was social anxiety. I mean, I was like such a shy introverted kid. That was a huge part of my drinking. And so, um, I don't know. I, I just, it's just like so spot on to to my experience as well. I completely relate it. And I think that now being sober, that doesn't really go away. You know, you have to kind of like figure out how to work through that and overcome that social anxiety? Now sober, without the alcohol.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's funny you say that because whenever I uh, quit drinking, I attributed drinking to so many things. I was like, well, you know, um, when I quit drinking, this will be great, or I'll have money, or you know, my anxieties and the way I feel will just go away. Because, mm-hmm. like in in the mornings, like you know, another big thing would be like. Hangovers, you know, two day hangovers would be from just like one night of drinking. As you get older, I was drinking up into my heavily up until 30s. You know, I quit drinking two years ago. I'm 35 now. So that was only, you know, I'm 33 years old. And the amount of abuse that you put on your body from drinking and smoking cigarettes and being in grimy bars and just like not getting good sleep for years catches up. And so, Mm -hmm. like, two day hangovers are like literally awful, not to mention like what you're doing to your brain, your dopamine levels, your serotonin, all of these things, the chemical imbalance that alcohol creates leads to just a vicious cycle of depression and even more anxiety. But the thing about it is, is I thought that that would all be fixed by just stopping drinking, which it definitely is a huge part of my life that is better now because of it. Um, But when you quit drinking, it kind of feels like you're going insane because now all of those feelings are just so apparent and mm-hmm. you realize that there's a lot of work to be done. Um, so you're right. Like those anxieties are now, you have to focus on them. You have to you have to figure out what caused you to want to drink so much in the first place. Um, so that's like right. been a really big part of that, this journey the past couple of years is really trying to focus on those things either through um, professional help through friends just through um, most of it just being alone I realized I just I'm, I'm happier by myself a lot of times or just being able to do things on my own which I thought mm-hmm. I would never be and that was another reason why you why I drank so much I didn't want to be alone so you yeah would stay out late at night like um Going home by yourself kind of sucks. So you're like, well, I know people will be out till like three in the morning. I might as well just hang out and not go home. So mm-hmm. like all those all those little things, you know, compound, and uh, it's kind of wild. Whenever you quit drinking, when you step back from it, like how how much of that you can see. So yeah,
0: totally. Do you remember like the last night you drank? Did you just wake up one day and say like I'm tired of this and I've had enough? Yeah
1: um there was a moment of like i'm done and it kind of like was just like this clarity of like enough is enough Mm -hmm. i'll I'll touch on that but like yeah there's a lot of like little things that lead up to that you know someone's like oh man i can't believe you just like quit drinking cold turkey no aa none of this i'm like well it sounds like it would be like it sounds like cold turkey but it's really not it's like there's so many times where i was like i'm gonna do 30 days and not drink and or i'm gonna like you know i can't drink anymore i'm just gonna take a couple days off this will be the time where i stop so so many times over the years you know you you try and stop and then something just sucks you back in it's the addiction Mm -hmm. obviously but and then or a friend will be like hey let's go over here we're gonna go to this event and then you go to that event and you're like well i can't not drink you know, I can't go to dinner and not drink. I'm going to be around my friends. You know, what am, What else am I going to do? Right. Um, you know, and so like those, those, uh, those things keep gripping you back in and it's hard to get out of. So it wasn't like a cold turkey quit. But there was a few key moments in my life um, that sort of led up to the moment where I decided that enough was enough. Um, some of which is like reputation, you know, like um, – you know, I I realized that slowly throughout Tampa, which is a very small scene. I was working in restaurants, which makes it even smaller. Because I feel like everyone here is either in hospitality or some sort of realm where you all know each other, um,
0: yeah,
1: and you see each other all the time. Um, and or you just
0: you hang out in ebor and then everybody in yeah Ybor yeah knows each exactly.
1: other. Yeah, exactly. Tampa's got its little pockets of areas where you people hang out. You know, there's like yeah, South Tampa. Right.
0: If, if like listeners aren't familiar with Tampa there's a neighborhood called Ebor and it's just mm-hmm. filled with bars and restaurants mostly bars so it's a lot of a lot of people like you, like you said work in the hospitality industry a lot of them work in Ebor and so you like you know you work and then when your shift's over you all go out together to a bar like next door down the street and it's just like a big drinking community um yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I remember that well.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, very much so. Um, you kind of nailed it. It's just like a big drinking community. I mean, nothing wrong with it. I mean, um, it, in the sense that, you know, there are people who still are able to drink and have a great time and that's right. yeah, fantastic, you know, and um, it does serve a lot of good for the community, these, these types of places. So I don't want to like say Ebor is a bad place, but uh, for oh, certain it, people, you know.
0: It's also, know. we should mention, it's also pirate themed. At oh yes, many places.
1: So. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which adds it's to its ridiculousness. Got, uh, I know, um, it's got a lot of roosters, and it's very pirate themed, and yeah, it just um, it just screams party. It's very much like a like a Bourbon Street of New Orleans, like a very miniature, you know, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, um, but you bring up a good point. I don't want to sit here bashing Igor and the people that we know that still work there because. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that I know that hang out there that are capable of drinking and living their life without letting alcohol completely take it over. Mm-hmm. I think it's just yeah. a place for alcoholics and addicts like like us to just thrive because it's just a for lot sure. of drinking and bar scenes. So yeah, definitely yeah. like nothing against it. And it's fine for those that can handle it, but mm-hmm. I didn't do so well there.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, me neither. Yeah. And I know a lot of people who have, you know, um, You know, gotten sober through um, just overdoing it in places like Ebor. And not to say that Ebor is the only place to drink. I mean, anywhere, I'm sure you can relate, pretty much anywhere we went, we would find a way to drink. Oh, yeah. Um, But there are certain areas that facilitate that life because you can just literally walk from bar to bar to bar all night long. Um, Mm -hmm. And even when you wake up at 10 o'clock, there's probably going to be a place that's open that's serving alcohol, not just alcohol, but you know, people are going to be doing shots at like 10 a.m. at some place. Um, and yeah. whenever you wake up with that like hangover feeling, the only thing you want to do – I mean you're kind of still drunk, right? So like it just feels good to go to brunch and have a mimosa over here and then, you know, mimosa leads to like a couple beers. And then you're like, well, how about a margarita or tequila? And then the night continues. So it's like that vicious loop. Yep. Um, I know but, it very
0: well. And then you're yes, after, yeah, after br- I'm sure. You're at the bricks, and then the next thing you know, it's like seven p.m. on a Sunday, and I've like been drinking for eight hours, and I'm like, "Crap, I have to work tomorrow."
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, "Well, whatever, I don't care," and you know what I mean, like that. Like, and then you're yeah. hungover at work, and everything else in life starts to slide down that path. It's funny. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, I'm actually in my office above the bricks right now, so I'm in Ebor as we talk. <laughs>
0: Oh my god, that's so funny!
1: I know. I'm like my really the window view overlooks the courtyard of all those fantastic memories.
0: As we're talking we just, shit about Ebor, yeah, you're I know. Literally as in. We're,
1: I'm literally in it, yeah. But that's the great part about like as uh, part of that my journey of, of sobriety is that like I I don't. Some people would find these types of places in being in Ebor in general or being in a bar setting triggering. Um, And I kind of don't get that feeling at all. Like um, alcohol in my life, like has gotten to the point where it literally holds no power over me. So like being in these settings, I mean, I I actually currently work in restaurants, you know, part time and um, I'm around alcohol all the time. So those things don't quite bother me. So I I guess getting back to kind of like the initial question of like what led up to like the aha moment, like where it's like, you Mm -hmm. know, enough, um, you know, I've already mentioned a lot of little things, you know, there was a couple big things in my life. Um, you know, relationships I think, you know, are a big part of, uh, problems when you're dealing with an addict. Um, some of it can be, it's very difficult to have, um, me in particular, I was a difficult person to sort of be with, um, Mm -hmm. because, uh, my partners at the time, you know, had to deal with me being an alcoholic, um, And you don't even think of it as a problem when you're in it. Um, And so like those sort of things lead down another destructive path. You know, I was very self-destructive. If a relationship would end, I would sort of like fall apart. And, you know, it was like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to drink then. That's all I know. That's all I know. That's all I know to do. Um, And so like those are other little patterns that uh, I've had throughout my life Um, sort of like Serial monogamy. Whenever it came to your relationships, because you didn't want to deal with either the pain of it or the dealing of dating, you just kind of jump from one to another. And um, the relationships that I did have, I had met through drinking. You meet someone in a yeah. bar and they're drinking with you, and it's like, hey, let's hang out. And all of a sudden, you know, it's a year later, and you're still in the same place, and it's just not. And that's to, like the
0: bond that holds yeah. you two together. Yep. Is like yeah, exactly
1: that. <laughs> like what we it's do for so fun. Unhealthy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and not to say once again, not to say that you can't do that, but for me personally, it was just it's it's not a healthy way to uh, build a, a foundation of a relationship that I want. And then there was some incidences that occurred that sort of ruined, not ruined, I should say, um, sort of hurt my reputation um, within the community, which I'm okay with now. It was for the most part just things that would never have occurred if it weren't for drinking and excessive (laughs) drinking um and so that sort of and that didn't that 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 didn't even get me to quit drinking like certain things where like you know your look your reputation's like sort of not ruined but like i don't know about that guy you know what i mean i heard he drinks a lot or you know heard this or heard that um and I started realizing that around town that I was sort of gathering that momentum of like, yeah, we like Matt, but he he's kind of a drunk, and you know mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to depend on that. You know, maybe we shouldn't hire him because last time he was drinking behind the bar, or if I was if I was bartending, you know, or working in yeah. restaurants, which I did. Part of what I love in the community is collaborating with like artists and doing work and photography and those types of things and. I would be afraid that people would be like, oh no, that guy, you know, don't don't mess with him. And so that, those types of things didn't even get me to quit drinking. It actually led to me going even further. I was like, well, my reputation's ruined, you know, might as well just keep going. It led me to drink more and more excessively. Um, and it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to go out after work. It was like, oh, I'm really hungover. I got to go into work. I might as well drink a beer or go stop in somewhere and do a shot before work. And then when you're at work, you do a shot. Um, and ben, this is not me working in an office or something like that. Like I'm. This is like during a time period where I was working in hospitality and drinking in some of these environments is super normal. Um, yeah. And it's like okay if you're drunk behind the bar or even – on the floor, helping guests in some, some scenarios.
0: When you're drinking, you're not really in the headspace to be like, I'm going to fix this. Like you just, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you're just like, I don't know how to fix this. So I'm just going to ignore it by drinking more.
1: 100%. And then the thing is like, you also end up surrounding yourself with others who are in a sense also dealing with their own trauma. And so Mm -hmm. like you're, doing like two negatives together and it just like it's it always cancels each other out and it never goes anywhere and so like you just end up in this vicious cycle where the days turn into the nights and the nights and you know that you don't sleep or I should say that you're like sleeping all day and you're up all night and so like your mental health is drained and it just is a vicious cycle but
0: yeah it's not like the mindset to make rational, no. smart decisions. You're just basically no. like living in the moment, living mm-hmm. to get by kind of yeah. kind of mentality.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Like, I mean, and that's like day in and day out. Um, the only thing I could think about was like, oh, cool, I get to go to work and hang out. Like, I wasn't thinking like about my future, like in terms of like where I would go with a career or like, you know, am I going to save money to buy a house? Like, do I, all, the, all those things were out the window. It was just every day where's the next spot that we can go hang out? Um, right. And I would go to bed at night so depressed and I would think about all the things that I like, you know, all the dreams that you wanted to follow, all the things that you wanted to do in life. Um, and it it just got to the point where I was like, well, it's never going to happen. So I might as well drink. And,
0: mm-hmm. you know, once
1: again, I keep bringing up like that vicious cycle, but it, it really is uh, a negative feedback loop that's hard it gets harder and harder to get out of and I think you can relate probably but like a lot of the friends that you and I say friends I'll put air quotes up like friends (laughs) that you make through through drinking or through bar culture um kind of aren't really your friends if you think about it they a lot of mine were really great people but just in terms of how we met it, it was never really a healthy friendship. Um, yeah. It was only out of boozing that we became friends. And, yeah. it was.
0: It's kind of like what you were mentioning about like your relationships that yeah. you were in. Mm-hmm. It's just the foundation of them, the commonality, the activity, everything is kind of around drinking. And um, And so, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And there's a lot of people that like, I think are really good people, but it's like, we just kind of lost touch because that's what we yeah. did together. And now it's like, I don't know what do we do together now, you know? Right.
1: Even some really close friends that I have, um, you know, granted, we did have a a large pandemic that occurred, which kind of like you led people down different paths, which is completely Mm -hmm. fine. But even before then, I could feel this sort of like, well, like, how will we hang out? Like, you know, when I call them, like, what what are we going to do? Because before we would either sit at the house and drink on the porch or we would go get dinner and we would get drunk and we'd go out after And a lot of our really serious conversations, even with close friends that you'd have late into the night would be over a bottle of wine or, you know, you'd make cocktails and drink beer. Um, And so like all of that stuff sort of went away when you quit drinking and you're kind of left with like, all right, I'm like rebuilding my life a little bit and figuring out who is my real friend and who was actually just an acquaintance all the whole time or who was I just trying to please. Um, And so all of those things kind of like are part of that sobering process and it's kind of a a difficult one um, and one that's taken Mm -hmm. some getting used to, um, but definitely necessary. Not that I lost friends, but you just figured out who people are that really matter in your life. One thing when I quit drinking was I realized how much time that I had missed with myself. and learning who I was as a person, um, because I spent so much time concerned about what others thought or concerned about making face with people or, you know, concerned about being out and about in the community. Um, and I never took the time just to do the things that I enjoyed on my own. Um, even going to dinner by myself or going to the beach by yourself or reading a book in the park or sitting in a coffee shop, I always had to have someone around. Um, I think it was also interesting too because i quit drinking right before like so 2019 so a little bit before the pandemic um so not to say that like the pandemic made it easier um but it definitely opened the space i needed to not have that fomo or that like feeling of like i need to be somewhere it was actually really freeing Mm -hmm. um And granted, obviously, there was a lot of people. I mean, I lost my job during the pandemic. It wasn't say that it was all, you know, roses for me. I just there was that feeling of the weight of the anxiety that we talked about earlier of that that social anxiety felt completely gone. And so Mm. I felt like I was really able to focus on the sobriety a lot more than I ever would have had not there been a pandemic
0: a lot of uh, alone time to sit with your thoughts and <laughs> figure For things sure. out because you don't you don't have an option. Nothing's open. You can't nope. go anywhere. Know, so. yeah. Um,
1: yeah, and the thing not to say that like I, I wasn't already in that mindset before. Um, because when I made that decision to like just be like I'm done, like it was so clear. It was just like I I don't know how to explain it, but you know people talk about their moments of clarity and the clouds parted and all this stuff that it it kind of felt like that. I, I remember, um, to bring all the conversation forward to what we were, what you originally asked me, like, when was that moment? I Mm -hmm. remember getting off work one day I had stayed up all night in Ybor with, uh, some buddies, Um, I remember we had just like, you know, we had like a bottle of tequila and, you know, some other stuff, substances and that's (laughs) another thing. It's like, you know, you just end up staying up all night. And I remember, uh, it was like morning time and I had like woken up on this couch with no cushions and it was like the most awful feeling of all time. And I had to work at like five in the, you know, 5 PM and it was like four o'clock and I was just waking up and. It, the feeling I had was just like, I, I don't know. I can't describe it. It was just such a weight and I felt so shitty and I had gone to work and I went through the shift and after the shift, we all went out after work and I kind of like went ahead of everyone and I remember we went to the hub, which is like another watering hole, uh, mm-hmm. another another space it, that allowed my, uh, you know, alcoholic habits to super, flourish.
0: super divey bar. I remember that place. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. It, it's still there. It's been there forever. <laughs> Obviously I'm sure, you know, anyone listening to this from Tampa has been to the hub, but it's a very, uh, a very divey spot, you know, open from, I think 10 to three. Looking inside.
0: 10 a.m. 10 a.m. <laughs> yes. Not to to no, no, yeah. 10 a.m. Yes. 10 10 a.m. 10 a.m. To 3 a.m.
1: <laughs> yes, 2, 3 a.m. And you will find someone in there. I'm sure every town has their spot like it, but, you know, the hub was uh, is, is Tampa's. Um, and great place, good people who own it, good people who work there. Um, it, but for me, that was, you know, where I would spend a lot of time even by myself. Um, and it was like – it's like one of those places where you walk into and you – no matter what, you don't have to text anyone. Tampa's kind of like that as a whole, but you can just walk into a bar and sit there without texting anyone and you know you're going to run into people and your night's going to be fun. Yeah, um, totally. That's how – yeah, that's how that place you – know, I'm
0: obviously. pretty sure that that happened with you and I a few times. I would walk oh. into a bar and be like, mad, and then we would For just sure. like hang out all night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep, exactly. And then like it, the the crew would just continue to pick up things like a magnet. All of a sudden, you'd have like 20 people in one space. We're just like um, on
0: a journey, like Lord of the Rings, just like picking up people uh, along the way to join us <laughs> to this debauchery. Sure.
1: Yeah, the fellowship of the booze. Uh, <laughs> it, like, yeah, it, That's how it always was in Tampa. You know, I'm not sure if it's still like that with the younger generation. Um, I feel like a lot of people have like sort of dissipated um, and gone like their own little ways or, you know, maybe have a kid or a family, got married, jobs, moved. But I feel like that scene back when we were in it um, has sort of died um, no one goes to the the same places as groups anymore ebor's um, a little bit different you know we obviously our group didn't really hang out in south tampa so mm-hmm. there's not much of that that lingering anymore um, so i think a lot of that has to do with people's focus on mental health and Sort of like in the pandemic, you know,
0: I'm sure with things, yeah, with things closing sure. in the pandemic.
1: Yeah. Yep, people changed and like their perspectives change and their their viewpoints change, which I think is so awesome. Um, we could talk about that in a minute, but um, like the initial like that 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 night that I was mentioning of the morning where I woke up just so terribly hungover and just like mm-hmm. so depressed and so down. Um, I remember I, I went and sat at the hub. I ordered a beer. I sat down by myself. Uh, two other people came up and we were just like, we were just sitting there really not having much conversation. And I took a sip of the PBR and I remember thinking like, that's the last sip of alcohol I'll ever have. And like, I thought that in my head and I sat it down. I wasn't driving at the time. I didn't have a car, um, which was lost because of reasons not for drinking like a DUI, but just what you mentioned earlier about just not caring. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just ordered an Uber and I went home and I never drank again. And it That is crazy.
0: So yeah. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. It just like, well, it just, I don't know, It that like sitting there in the hub just opened up, like just felt like I never want to drink again. And yeah, I didn't. And it's kind of been, that's been the journey ever since. Um, wow, I
0: and I love that you, decided to quit drinking in the hub like we were saying out of all places but so after you made that decision like what did you do how did you because you mentioned that you had done kind of like short stints of taking breaks Mm -hmm. uh but didn't last so like did you do anything different this time so it would stick
1: yeah um so one of the things that contributed to a lot of the uh like more alcohol abuse was working in the industry uh, of hospitality restaurants um it can be very toxic if you let it um and i definitely let it uh for me um and one of the things i did was i immediately put in my two weeks at the restaurant i was working in so eliminating a lot of those things from my life um that we're contributing is definitely some of the first steps I took. Um, and I had been thinking about getting out of it for a long time anyways. So all of it was just kind of like, now is the time, you know, it's, it's, it's time. Uh, yeah. So I started working for like a tech company doing stuff I love. I started focusing on like my passions, like uh, graphic design or photography and art and like really just like, Immersed myself in it. And before, I think a lot of the reasons I drank too was because I was so afraid of putting myself out there in creative outlets for whatever reasons, whatever people think, being shut down, turned down, whatever, you know. Uh, you, you know, a lot of the fears that paralyze a lot of us in life for whatever reason, we just don't do it. I knew that I wanted like my career path and the things that I do for the rest of my life to be in some sort of creative outlet. Um, and i had always been fearful of doing that before, I don't know, like suffering from imposter syndromes or whatever it may be, fear of uh, letting people down or I don't know, whatever paralyzes people in, in life to keep them from doing what they actually want to do. Um, that had happened to me for most of my life. Um, so at, at this time I was like, you know, I, like, I'm not going to do that, like, fuck it, I'm going to do what I love and I don't care what people think. Um, and I felt like not drinking was was definitely going to allow me to do that and be a better person. And I kind of almost like wanted to prove um, people wrong in like the sense that I had felt my reputation was ruined. Uh, I felt like I just wanted to like go out there and prove to people that I'm not that guy and never was. You just kind of get lost in that path and you don't even know how you got there. Um, so that was like a big right. motivating factor. Not to say that other people, what other people think should factor into your decision making for your own life and standing up for your own life. But, you know, there is a part of you that's like, well, you know, that's not who I was. I don't want people to think of me like that. So it it was a motivating factor.
0: Yeah, Um, no, no, that totally makes sense. I don't think anyone really wants to be known as like the drunk or the person that disappears or they can't rely on you.
1: Yeah, I mean, all of that was motivating factors for me and then like also like health like i had been smoking cigarettes for like every you know when i drank i smoked cigarettes it's how i started smoking um and you know just health was like a driving factor so like i immediately within the first month just noticed how much better my skin looked like how mm-hmm. much uh more it, like how much easier it was for me to get out of bed um and just all these little things started like clicking like they never did before and people people notice it too um Mm -hmm. i would like see people out and about like even like six or seven months after and they'd be like whoa what's up man it's been so long like where have you been like you look great like what's up? And I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm not drinking. And, you know, I, I, you know, it's funny. I don't say that. I actually never lead with, I'm not drinking. Like, I feel like it's so abrasive. Um, if if someone, you know, offers me a drink, obviously I'm turning it down. I'm just, uh, never like that type of person that wanted to put myself out there as like the sober guy. Does that makes any sense?
0: feels good when people like can yeah. just notice that something's changed just by the way that you look. I remember when I got sober, my it wasn't even my boss, it was like my boss's boss like made a comment to her like, "What's going on with Lindsay? Something's different." And like that just shows you like how powerful it is when you get sober and what you are doing to your body and just like your s- spirit. Like people would say all the time like, "You're just you're glowing." You know, you there's just everything about you kind of changes when you go from being in that dark place of drinking all the time to sobriety.
1: Right. I remember, yeah. And it's funny you say that. I remember looking at a picture of you on Instagram, um, not even knowing that you were sober and thinking like, wow, she looks great. Like. I don't know if it's like the California sun or like what she's doing. Like I had like, I I don't know what she's doing. I just go to the
0: beach a lot. Right. I I took up (laughs) rollerblading.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, It was like, wow, she looks fantastic. And then, you know, you may have posted on Instagram about you being sober. And I was like, oh, that's it. And like, I remember thinking like, damn, like. I need to get sober, and like I would look at myself in photographs <laughs> and be like, "No, like this cannot be what I look like." I would like dread looking at myself in any capacity. Even today, like, do you ever like look back at old photos or like, I don't know? There's a lot of tag photos of me on Facebook from like um, Zara days, which I'm sure you know about Zara.
0: Oh yeah, I, um, that was a little bit before. I got to Tampa, but I remember that.
1: A period uh, for anyone who It was like a
0: nightclub, like a club. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was a club, but it was like very much so our crowd, like indie, like rock and roll, emo, you know, goth, like all these things combined, uh, you know, club. Very
0: tight pants everywhere.
1: Yep. Everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) It was like very, it was like where the weirdos could go and be normal. A ton of us in the community met through there. Um, And once again, we met through drinking, but- um, like there's so many photos that, I mean, there was always like a camera guy, you know, and they would like post in oh, yeah. the events, you know what I mean? Like there was like a Why website. would I want
0: to capture these moments? i like,
1: they're so, so drunk many. and sweaty. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there was so many. I was so, like, at the time though, I thought it was cool to like have been on their website. Like, Oh, they got a photo of us. Like, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, crew now. I know. Um, you're like like something like you live up to, which just sounds so absurd. Um, (laughs) it was like, wow, man, like with this, yeah, exactly. I'm with these people I don't even know, and and um, look at us, we're doing shots, and it's just like, I I don't know how we ever thought that was cool, but I mean, you know, know, whatever. We're young, and the like, I still look at those now, and I'm like, oh my god, like, I look awful like i just look awful no wonder people like you know didn't take me seriously or like you know didn't want to mess around it's just cuz like i wouldn't either you know i wouldn't want to like be around that guy not to say i was like a terrible person by any means it's just you know it's not yeah. something that you want to be associated with and so like yeah being sober one of the things that it's given me for sure and i'm sure you feel the same it's just like this sense of pride um, in yourself, and that is extremely empowering. Um, and, and that feeds into all the little things that you do your career aspirations, the people that you meet, your love life, your uh, ability to just kind of power through life with confidence that you never had before.
0: Totally. I think I've said it before on here like, if you have a drinking problem, like, the best self care that you could do is get sober. Uh, everything improves in your life and you're actually starting to take care of yourself that was always like I wasn't the thing for me I wasn't taking care of myself when I was drinking because I just wasn't capable of it and so that's I think was the biggest thing in my life that changed is like I started meditating and going to therapy and taking care Mm -hmm. of myself emotionally and mentally but also like exercising and eating healthier and drinking more water like just everything was like as far as caring for myself just like it's like spiked up and
1: it's it's kind of yeah it's kind of wild how it's like a snowball effect the same thing with drinking and the negativity and like how that can lead down the wrong path the same thing can happen when you stop drinking you sort of like snowball into things that are really good for you and yeah. you know you start connecting and attracting people who are meant to be in your life or good for your life uh, mm-hmm. the same way that you would if you were you know drinking attracting negative people so like that sort of happened for me and I never thought it would. I never thought that like snowball of like positivity and not just to say you got to like think rainbows and it'll happen. You got to do stuff to make that happen. And for me, the first step into achieving what I always wanted to achieve was sobriety. Um, and for me, like you mentioned like AA for some people or you know maybe they went to therapy and Um, you know, a psychiatrist and, you know, whatever the method for me, like I did it. The conviction to stop drinking was so strong that it. I didn't need anything like AA. um, To me, it felt like those things would just feed the power of, of alcohol even more and give it too much control over me. So I just, just stopped. And um, one of the ways that it, that I was able to do it so well was spending time by myself. Yeah, I found wow. that finding joy in my own, uh, in my own presence and my own, you know, ability to like, you know, be my own best friend at times uh, was the thing that gave me the most fuel to like stop drinking. In fact, like the reason I drank so much was because I was around other people. Um, hmm. And it was never one of those things. It, it might have been like, it was never one of those things where I was like drinking like peach knops on the couch all day, you know, by myself, um, which is a lot of uh, the case for a lot of people. Um, um, mine was very socially driven. You know, there would be times where I would go home after drinking and still be myself and, you know, drink through the night on the front porch, listening to some music or whatever it may be, you know, mm-hmm. you know, sending crazy texts to an ex, those sort of things. But, um, you know, it was never uh, go to the store and buy a bottle of Skull and sit and wallow. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So for me, like being able to be on my own and being and finding some sort of happiness on my own and doing things without the help of others was uh, what empowered me to sort of uh, keep uh, sober.
0: Yeah. That was a big reason why I would drink is because I didn't want to be alone. And I remember not even being able to like – fall asleep on my own because I just hated the feeling of being alone. So I would drink until I basically passed out or could, you know, was tired enough to fall asleep.
1: Yeah, no, it 100% resonates. I remember like, you know, I would do the same thing. I would drink myself into a stupor, like almost like a blackout um, before I would go to bed. And it would be the Mm -hmm. only way that I felt comfortable. It's like some people will turn on a TV at night to feel like they're not alone. Um, you know, I very much needed that. And that was like another reason why I fell into relationships that weren't good for me. Um, because I didn't want to be alone. I didn't know how to handle like life. I always thought that I needed someone to share it with. Like if I was going to the beach, I would be like, well, who, who's going to go with me? You know what I mean? Or Mm -hmm. like if I was going out to eat, I'd be like, well, I can't go alone. Like what, that's stupid. And so like I think all of those little things I didn't realize were impacting me so much negatively in my life, or what led me to to drink and get lost in that sauce. Some of the, some of the reasons I quit drinking were was because I just I had never done what I needed to do as an adult, um, in order to feel like I deserve the things that I deserve. Does that make sense? Like, I uh, feel like I hadn't put in any work towards getting the life that I wanted. Instead, the only priorities I had at those times was to find the next place to go drink or what new friend can I meet? You know, who can I like meet? I just like wanted to be like popular and like have all these friends and like be able to do all these cool things. And my priorities were so out of line. Um, and I just felt like I don't deserve anything. Like I haven't done any work in my life to do it. Other friends of mine had uh, gone to school or four-year programs or they were getting their master's or they were owning homes and traveling and doing things. They were financially free for the most part. I'm not saying anyone's life is ever perfect and to compare my life with anyone's is never a good thing. But at that time, what I was doing was very like, like, dude, like, get your shit together, man. And so like that weight was just on me for so long and I just was too lazy to do anything about it. So like I think back to those times now um, as uh, I'm in my sober years, I'll say, um, and I never want to have that feeling again. Um, And so I just don't even think about alcohol as something that I really want. I don't think of it as anything that will ever benefit me. I don't think if I need it as a tool to meet people and especially like uh, just to kind of off topic a little bit, like I was so afraid of like being sober because of the the connections I would lose. The ability to meet people would go away or even dating would be like, like terribly awful because I wasn't drinking and like it has been the opposite. It's been mm-hmm. so fulfilling to, uh, you know, meet people as my authentic self. Um, and when you meet people as your authentic self and those people stay, then, you know, there's like some sort of, uh, you know, reason that they're there. Um, and so like all the people that are in my life, I can confidently say are there because I am, I'm who I am. Um, -hmm. and vice versa, they're who they are and we connect and you know, it can, it can blossom into you know a relationship that's worthwhile and can last. Those things, those things are all the reasons. Like I just like I'm so much more happy being sober. Not to say that you, there's not days where you're not depressed. Like you said, like what do you hold on to? Um, it, there's just no desire. I think it's just completely gone. Like a flip was switched, or a switch was yeah.
0: It, it just sounds like you are just so committed to mm-hmm. sobriety and living the life that you've always wanted and knew that you could. And I, I just like really admire your resilience and strength.
1: It's different for everyone. You know, some people, you know, they have to run to an AA meeting and you know talk about it. And, uh, that's completely fine. I don't want anyone to think that, like, you know, you just have to go out there and you're not going to have moments of weakness. And it's, it's, some people it's extremely difficult. Um, I also would say that I still like to go out. Like I don't, Like just being sober doesn't mean that you can't enjoy being out and about. I'm not sure if you feel the same. But like I still want to go sit with my friends even though they may be at a bar. I still find that still – like it's still fun um, Mm -hmm. to converse and still meet people. And you know, I'll literally just order mocktails all the time or I'll ask if they have a non-alcoholic beer. Or a lot of times I drink soda waters like Topo Chico if it's in a bottle. I still feel – like completely normal doing that. Granted, you you know, you're not gonna last, you know, as long as you used to. It's fun for like two hours and you're like, all right, there's literally <laughs> yeah. no reason to be sitting in a dark box at 3 a.m. if you're not drinking.
0: I think for me, I, I prefer more like going out to dinner with someone mm-hmm. if I'm gonna go out like that with bars. I just find like it's either one too loud where I can't even have a conversation with someone. I'm like, well then why mm-hmm. am I here? Like or their priority is definitely drinking. And I'm like, well, that's not what I'm here for. So I think it depends on like the setting and who you're with. And if you're able to just continue to have a conversation with people and feel comfortable, then I think that that works.
1: I mean, granted, I've never spent so much time in coffee shops in my entire life. Like all I do (laughs) is coffee now, which I'm sure, you know, most people who who go sober, you know, you, you jump to something else, not saying I'm like, you know, I might be a coffee addict. I think all of us are, but Um, Well, it's like that
0: cliche of people, you know, outside of AA meetings just with binging coffee and cigarettes. It's like,
1: it's a real thing. Oh yeah. All day. I know. I'm so (laughs) glad that like, I don't like smoke cigarettes. It's like, oh, thank gosh. I don't know why. So you
0: quit cigarettes as well?
1: Yeah. I quit cigarettes. Yeah. The same night, the same night. Like, Oh my gosh. The only reason I ever smoked cigarettes or only time I ever did was when I drank. And I like – I I think I tried to smoke a cigarette like a week later and it was the most awful thing ever. Um, That's crazy. I know. Oh my gosh. It's so wild. I did – I did – I will admit like I did buy a jewel not too long after um, uh-huh. because the nicotine cravings were really bad. And so like I would like sit on the back porch and like, you know, smoke a jewel every now and then, or hit like the when jewel. I got stressed, hit the jewel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that, <laughs> but that was like a, that was also like a slow little thing that p- petered off a little bit. And it would be like, literally, if I did it, it'd probably be like once a month now.
0: Show me what you're doing now. Cause I, I heard you mentioned that you, you kind of came back to working in restaurants mm-hmm. and in the hospitality industry, which I was going to ask you, is that difficult with sobriety and the lifestyle that kind of comes with working in the hospitality industry?
1: I am working in hospitality again. Um, uh, there was a restaurant that newly a newly opened restaurant here in Tampa that a, a really great friend of mine um, asked me to come be a part of, um, and so it's a great team. It's a fantastic group of people over there, um, and I wouldn't have joined them if I didn't feel like it was an environment that was conducive to positivity and um, non toxic. Opportunities?
0: Uh, well, I mean, I'm asking one because I was curious, but also for personal reasons because I just mm-hmm. quit my like nine year marketing career, hopefully oh, wow. for good. It's a, a really long story, which I probably will get into at one point on the podcast, yeah. but I am trying to figure out what the next thing is for me. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. well, I have been a server in the past and mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. And I was considering that but thought of like is that going to be too difficult given like right. the lifestyle that comes along with that and working late and everyone going going out afterwards and like being around alcohol all the time definitely it's crossed my mind I think you brought up a good point like finding a place there where the the vibe and the attitude and I guess even what they sell, you know, what that Mm -hmm. focus is and, um, really makes a huge difference. There is like some fear there and that's crossed my mind. So I was just, yeah, curious about your, your take on that. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, I think kind of what you just said, like, you know, finding a place that is a good fit for you and your needs is super important. Um, not every restaurant is going to be a party place. Um, and some are, just only party places where the employees are constantly messed up and it's just normal. Um, and I think I'm lucky enough to be a part of a team who doesn't tolerate it. Um, like we, you know, our bartenders, they don't do shots behind the bar. You know, they're not going out after work, getting messed up. You know, I'm not saying you can't go out and have fun, but it's it's definitely like worlds away from places I've worked in the past. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that for yourself you just have to be able to set strict boundaries like if you were to go work in a restaurant even if it was more of a you know party style team that was there um if you can walk in and you know i think i should say this one thing that's missing from a lot of restaurants in general if we're talking about that is it is just like a, a sense of professionalism um i mean most Mm. restaurants don't even have like an hr department you know um and so like everything goes i'm sure you know you've worked in them before so like anything goes and it's just kind of wild wild west when it comes to etiquette professionalism you know punctuality drinking on the job all those things are typically out the window so i think it's just important to set those boundaries for yourself and then when you do that people tend to see that you know what i mean i'm sure you've noticed like in your sobriety, people like can just notice that you have sort of like a leadership mentality and you can articulate and present ideas and properly execute them. I think those are like all like really key things, especially when working in a, in a place that can be overwhelming if you're battling with sobriety, you know? Um, So I'd say, yeah, I say that it's definitely uh, just down to like a, a good fit and then, you know, just being professional, like, like going to work and then like leaving work, you know what I mean? Like, and then not like hanging out with everyone that you work with all the time. And granted for us, like, uh, industry, like restaurant industry is very young. You know, a lot of people that are serving tables or even bartending or wherever in your back of house are like, they're like 21 years old, you know, 21, 22, 23, Mm -hmm. and we're older. So it's like, what a, I don't have any business hanging out with 21-year-olds after work, you know what I mean? Like zero. Um, like, and hey, so, kids, like, what are we doing I after know. work? Exactly. It's just, it's just not a good look and it's just weird. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, uh, separating yourself and thinking, okay, this restaurant is my job. Where I come to make money, it's where I come to support my staff um, and make sure that the business is working. Um, yeah. so if you can separate that from like this family friends mentality, then I think, you know, it's, it can be a lucrative place to be.
0: And I think also having your own creative projects or things that you're working mm. on outside of that, um, yes, you know, for me, like right. this podcast is a big thing. And I know for you, like, I remember you were very much into like photography and art and if that's like your priority is growing in that and succeeding in that, then you're probably not going to want to go out after work. It's just really a means to make some money.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that is one thing that has helped me this time, this go around. Like I was so nervous, not going to lie, to go back into hospitality. Um you know, like I said, I was working in a job that I really enjoyed in tech, which was very structured nine to five benefits, salary, cut cushy office, you know, all the cool perks mm-hmm. that you would ever want out of a job. Um, and then now I'm going back in like this sort of like industry where I'm there to serve um, others. And it it brought back so many like little triggering memories of the past when I was drinking heavily. And I was like, man, is this gonna be like really bad for my anxiety? And it wasn't even more so like I was afraid I was gonna fall back into a pattern of drinking. It was more like, okay, this is gonna affect my anxiety so bad that I'm not even gonna be able to function properly as as like, you know, a human. And Mm -hmm. um, all of those things, as I started getting more into it sort of dissipated and went away and now I kind of like thrive in the environment. But like you said, a reason, big reason why is because I am able to, I do have things that I'm passionate about that I'm able to focus on. So yes, I do like a lot of photography and art and graphic design and I do freelance work for that. I have clients that I deal with. Um, So it's not the restaurant's not the only thing I do. And I'm also able to be creative within the restaurant. So if you can find some sort of way to be creative, like I do a lot of our photography, um, you know, a lot of help with like, you know, what kind of content goes on our social media or even like ideas within the restaurant, like we have a lot of creative freedoms to do that. So there's a really big outlet within that to kind yeah. of push forward. Maybe,
0: maybe if I go back to serving, I can like interview my restaurant guests on the podcast as they're having their meal yeah I can-
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely mm-hmm. see so yeah, i would be
0: like oh i noticed you ordered a water are you sober would you like to right. be on my podcast soberly <laughs>
1: exactly dude and then we'll just pull up a chair and, and a mic and start talking i'm sure you pull get out of better. a
0: mic so- out of my apron here you go exactly. let's do yeah, this i'll start
1: carrying one <laughs> um i mean yeah it's like a it's like another thing is like i was like man i gotta talk to guests sober like how am i gonna do this but i'm like now it's like it's like so much easier for me to talk to people like the anxiety is kind of gone
0: i'm really proud of you and you just you sound so different you sound more confident and just so strong and i just am like so happy for you i you are doing so well and that you've made the this decision and you're so like strong in it um so i just want to mention that it's just It's really cool to see and to hear i don't see you but i can hear you
1: (laughs) (laughs) well thank you um I, i feel the same it's um it's really great like you know obviously you do a podcast called Soberland, so it's it's about being sober but it's really great to even without that connect with people who have you know bettered themselves such as you would look at your instagram and i'd be like like i said before i was like wow she looks so great and i'm like just the things that you are doing and, you know, putting this out there into the world is um, so important. And uh, I didn't feel like it would be for the longest time. I mentioned I didn't want to share with anyone because I didn't feel like it was anyone else's journey, which it's, it's, it's still my own. But I think it's important for people like you and me and anyone else that comes on your show or in general to talk about I
0: was gonna say, just come on this on Silverlane, we just compliment each other and know, of literally, yeah, just, <laughs> like, just
1: like it's like when you're drunk, you just say, I love you, I love you over and over. You like, are so you. You're so pretty. You're so pretty when know. I was <laughs> drunk. Exactly. You're my favorite
0: person. I would Why just don't meet we hang out pe- more.
1: <laughs> I know, it's so true. I would just literally meet random people and be like, dude, you're the best man. You're like, you're I love you. Like, <laughs> when to are we gonna hang out? Time. Like, are we like instant best friends? And then like Two days later, you're like, I don't even know who that person was.
0: You mentioned that you've been hanging out a lot by yourself, making that relationship with yourself. Is there something like I don't know, some kind of cool hobby or TV show or something that you've been getting into through sobriety or the pandemic?
1: I mean, I've always obviously focused on like the the things I mentioned before with like my passions, which is like art photography, which I hope to make more of a forefront of a career. Um, but just like in general, I think fitness, um, has been a big one, which is the case for a lot of other people as well. But I got into like cycling and, um, like a little bit of CrossFit and just building like the strength, like physically is, uh, so beneficial towards like the way that you perceive, um, yourself and like the world. Like, so it's like helped me so much mentally to be, uh, a very physical person and then also like um reading like uh like reading a lot like i always like claimed i was like oh like i'm in the books i'm a book nerd but like i never really was you know what i mean i would just like own books and like let them sit there um but something really great that you've read lately because i'm actually looking for a new book yeah um i read a lot of philosophy listen to a lot of philosophy podcasts um but I'm really big into like uh, sort of like neuroscience or like neurophilosophy. and um, Wow, it's just, I some
0: say, light casual. I know, just
1: a <laughs> casual reading. Um, if you do decide, like I, I enjoy Sam Harris, who's sort of like a more of a new age philosopher. Um, he sort of has a really great outlook on life based on, you know, just science and um, truth and morality. Um, so a lot of those things. I sort of gotten into and uh without it being too like you know culty you know i'm 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 just like you know look at things uh, a little bit differently through learning from his books but like he has a book called waking up um Mm -hmm. it's essentially uh he has a meditation app so he takes a lot of just like mindfulness practice but from a scientific view like why our brain actually works the way it does when we meditate and sort of tries to back things up with, uh, factuality. Um, Uh so, um, those types of things I've been super into, um, and yeah, they've sort of like helped, like kind of reshaped like the way that I perceive myself, um, things like identity. And we could probably talk about that for another two hours and bore the shit out of everyone. Yeah. Those are like, yeah, some things that I've gotten way more into.
0: I feel like um, you and my fiance would get along very well. There's, would we? Um, yeah. He's he's sober as well. He, he actually oh, was wow. a philosophy major oh, at Berkeley. Um, he okay, also that's loves super photography. Impressive.
1: I will never <laughs> talk to your husband. Please don't ever let me talk to him about philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: no, but I think I feel like you guys would get along. So when we're when we're in town, we'll definitely yeah, have to meet that up and, be, and be I'll fantastic. hang out. Oh, yeah, cool. TV.
1: I've I've kind of like gotten off TV a little bit, and you know. Um, definitely fallen in more the the bookworm category yeah just like laying down and just outside being by yourself i have a dog so we go out and we run around and you know uh yeah being around others who you know and enjoy the same things is is definitely beneficial and then like i said being being okay being by yourself is to me was the key mood will always follow your action. I think uh, another sober guy, Rich Roll said that, but um, it's really true. Um, Mm -hmm. So like if, you know, you ever feel like a a sense of of being down or you can't do it or whatever that thought may be that's keeping you from moving forward, it's just doing some sort of action and just starting it will, you know, always lead to um, a better mood and, you know that feeling of like, I can do this. So that's it.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, cool. Well, Thank you, Matt, again, for, for being on the podcast today. It was so awesome to catch up and hear about how you've been doing. And uh, we will definitely meet up when we're in, uh, in Tampa in a few weeks. So uh, yeah. thank you. Thank you again.